Alan Lee is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alan Mead Experience. My name is Alan Mead, dentist, podcaster, and Channel 5 weather girl. That's, uh, I'm getting used to that role. It's a good role for me, I think. The heels are tough. Uh, I, got, I got bad ankles, but it's working out pretty good. Welcome to the Alan Mead Experience today. It's just me. I'm alone. I've been thinking a lot about uh, a whole bunch of things, and I thought to myself on the way to work, I'm like, you should just do a riff, like an episode where you riff on all the things that you're thinking about. What happens to me, I have a 45-minute, a 40- to 45-minute commute one way to the office. I travel from west of Midland, Michigan to Saginaw, Michigan, and it ends up, if I happen to stop to get a coffee or anything like that, it ends up being 45 minutes solid. And uh, I I do listen to a lot of podcasts on my commute, but I also tend to just think about stuff. And um, I've had a lot of that stuff rolling through my head uh, as I've been driving back and forth to work, actually because my Bluetooth isn't working in the car. So so it's difficult for me to listen to stuff in the car. i got to get that fixed. Uh, it's technically illegal to drive with headphones, but uh, I've still been known to do that. Uh, so there you have it. But um, I've been thinking about a lot of different things, and I thought I would just bring it out here. And, and uh, first things first, um, if you have any questions or comments for me about the Allen Meat Experience, please email me at Allen, A-L-A-N, at the Allen Meat Experience. Um, it's a different kind of podcast, and as it turns out, I can kind of do whatever I want to with it. I've been thinking about... Uh, first off, the conversations that I'm having with people are a blast. I, I would, if you like it, I'd love for you to let me know. It's hard to know. Uh, I'm get, occasionally I'll get like a sideways comment from someone that I didn't have any idea was listening to it, saying that they really like it. So, I guess I'm just interested to know because I'm still new enough at it. Honestly, last week I was thinking of spiking it because I just the traffic isn't quite what I expected. I thought I was going to come in, start another podcast, and basically steal my audience from the Dental Hacks podcast, which is which is a pretty pretty big audience. I um, honestly, when I look at the Dental Hacks podcast, we have like typically over 3,000 downloads per episode after the first couple weeks that an episode is out, sometimes more. I mean, I was just looking, uh, the last Jason Smithson uh, episode we had on the Dental Hacks podcast is going, it's almost at 5,000 downloads over a month or month and a half. It's, so it's, and I'm not seeing that kind of download traffic for the Alameda experience. I want that, but I also realize that it's a different kind of podcast and some folks are not as into it. But um, So share with friends, man. If you like this, let them know that it's out there. Let them know. For some reason, the Alan Mead experience does not come up in dental podcasts that the same way that the Dental Hacks does. I have no idea why. I, I, I'm not super uh, up on exactly how to label stuff in iTunes to get it right. But So it's not showing up in the searches in iTunes. But just let them know they can search my name and it comes up if they're interested in hearing it. So I honestly, this uh, week have been... The last week or so, particularly you know later last week into this week, I've just had, I've been real negative about stuff, um, and I've had multiple patients that were kind of uh, that were kind of oh, just the the patient the patient 
I had it last Thursday so many bad patients, like nightmare patients in a row, that I was really discouraged. I was ready to spike the ball and walk away. It's not been so bad. Actually, it's been really quite good. But, like, I'm seeing nightmare patients as emergencies and stuff, and you're just like, oh, man. So, and the other thing is, I did some math. This was a really bad thing for me to do. On my way into work, I thought to myself, man, you know, I've been driving almost 20 years between Midland and Saginaw. And uh, so I got this 40-minute commute one way. So we're talking 80 to 90 minutes a day in a commute four times a week. And I started doing the math, and I realized, like, if I just worked in the town that I lived in and, and had even a 15-minute commute, that I could save three or four hours a week just in the commute. And all of a sudden, I started feeling like, man, oh man, this is crazy. Think of all the time that I'm wasting doing all these things. And if any of you people are commuters out there, any of you listeners, you probably have done this math too. Um, having a commute has some upside, uh, like having that time to yourself to think, to listen to podcasts, listen to music, to to decompress after a long day at work. There's actually some value in that. But the reality is uh, I can decompress in 15 minutes too. <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily have to have 45 minutes. So I thought about it. I'm like, man, it's kind of a huge waste of time to have this commute. And so, and I've had this back and forth as far as I was even considering moving my practice at one point and I did some demographic stuff, but, and what I find is that when I'm having a rough go, whether it's at home or at work and I'm, I'm feeling down or I'm not, you know what it, what it comes down to realistically, if I'm not, doing very well with gratitude. In other words, if I'm not, if I'm not coming from a place of being grateful about stuff, um, I'll talk a little bit more about that too. I find myself living in these fantasy worlds and, and you have never met a guy who can come up with more weird slash interesting business models that seem better than what I'm doing right now. Like that's, that's what it comes down to. It isn't, it isn't that it's just that I look at what I have now and I and for some reason it's not good or it's not I'm like man I could be doing so much better if I was doing this or it would be so much better if I was doing this and I've bought a lot of stupid things over the years because I thought like that I've I've made a lot of decisions because I thought you know life would be so much better if x when in reality it almost always comes down to me and what I'm willing to do or not do and that sort of thing but so I was having that today big time uh, I was convinced that it was time for me to um to move to my hometown or the town I live in and, and sell my practice and start a new practice or do something because this commute is killing me. Commute is not actually killing me. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I'm so used to it and, and it's become so much part of our lifestyle. Could I change it? Absolutely. I'm for sure. We could figure something out. Um, I don't know that it's necessary. What happens is I have these, I have these ideas all the time. Like my, I'm the guy who, can look at what I have and decide it's not good enough, and then I come up with all these amazing ideas of stuff that I should be doing. And I think what happens, I almost never follow through with any of these ideas. Um, some of the better ones I have I have followed through with, and I've been glad, but a lot of times I really don't follow through with them. I have to realize that having ideas all the time, having new and interesting ideas all the time, is different than having really great ideas that are worth following up on. In other words, you can... You can actually play the fantasy through all you want, but the reality is a lot of times the ideas that, that sound great in my head when I'm feeling ungrateful about my current situation are not really all that good of an idea. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm that someone out there listening <laughs> understands what the heck I'm talking about because 
it sounds like my head is in the clouds all the time. And to be frank, when you've got you know ninety minutes a day to drive, uh, it happens between between a commute and and a shower. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about just other stuff a lot of the time. So that's kind of where I've been a little bit. I've had this sort of negativity around me, and and I've been you know dreaming about other things now. It's really funny because I, I brought it up. Uh, many of you know uh, Dr. Dawn Kulingowski, who hopefully I'll have on the Alan Mead experience sometime soon because she's a blast. She's on the dental hacks all the time. A good friend of mine. We, we're in a private Facebook group. And uh, I was sort of talking about this. And, and her first question, this was great. Does Midland need a dentist? Like I'm talking about, maybe I, maybe I move the practice to, to Midland and, or, or buy a practice or start a practice in Midland because then I could. And, and I mean, like, What's awesome is when you share these ideas with other people, particularly ones that you trust their their you know you trust their judgment a little bit. They can poke holes in your ideas so fast. the The ideas that seem so great when you're alone and in this this sort of messed up space, they start poking holes and bringing reality and in a good way, not necessarily crushing your dreams as much as just kind of helping you think the whole thing through. So uh, as of right now, I'm not planning on moving my practice uh, from Saginaw to Midland. Um, I just have those thoughts all the time. Maybe that makes me completely strange. I tend to think that maybe dentists, particularly dentists with commutes like this, have that all the time. I don't know. But it's also nice to know that that uh, other people have, you know, Dawn was telling me she's thought lots of the times the same thing. So that was kind of, that was kind of funny. Now, the other thing that, that I tend to dream about, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but like I take a fair amount of CE and I've, I've seen a lot of teachers that have really amazing clinical skills. They have really cool, well, their photos are cool. The way they describe how they do things is really cool. And so in my mind, I tend to think of them as like these superheroes. I've got these dental heroes and I, I always think to myself, if I can only practice like, X, whoever that particular dental hero is at the time, you know. And um, I think to myself, what an ideal situation they must have. It must be great to be them because they've got they've got patients that accept, you know, ideal treatment all the time and you know, their their patients' gums don't bleed very much. <laughs> and uh and their patients walk in with the rubber dam already placed and um and their labs are perfect. And their impressions always show lots of good flash, and their preps never are underreduced. And <laughs> you can go on and on, right? Like I, 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 but what's interesting about this is that being a podcaster of some note has brought me like into contact, and and I've become sort of friendly with a lot of these people that I used to consider just like these lofty dental heroes. And and I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. They're still dental heroes. I still think they are beyond reproach and awesome in a lot of ways. But, but I've actually gotten to know them personally a little bit. And all of a sudden, I, I have to say, you would think that that might take a little of the shine off the apple, but it really doesn't. Um, I have found, and you may know this about me, but the authenticity of people is what really kind of turns me on. Like, like the idea that these are people, not only are they amazing clinicians, but they're also regular people too. And that has been really fun. I like to think that some of the storytelling and interviews that we do here on the Alameda Experience sort of lets lets that show a little bit with people who are teachers or, or you know educators and that sort of thing. But so, but I still have this sort of pretend like 
it's it's like the same, you know, like the fantasy I play of the practice that I should have instead of what I don't have. It's the fantasy that their life is perfect and they, you know, they walk around and they have money falling out of their ears and and nothing ever goes wrong for them. And I was talking to, I was on Facebook actually, uh, messaging with someone who's a relatively prominent uh, teacher, cosmetics and restorative stuff, who I consider a friend. And um, <laughs> I was laughing because, okay, so like a lot of these people don't do as much clinical work probably as the regular day-to-day dentist because like part of their income and part of their livelihood comes from lecturing. And so they're on the road a lot. A lot of these folks actually are downright road warriors, which actually is something I, I should talk about more on the Alan Mead experience because it's kind of fun to hear. It's It seems romantic to travel like that. I think some of these people travel so much it's well beyond the point where it feels very romantic and it can be kind of a grind, but that's a whole other story. Um, and I'm hearing like some of the stresses from someone who does continuing education for a living. And for instance, this is classic, right? You're thinking, I, I, I literally asked him, I said, so you, uh, you are a clinician part-time and you, you do speaking part-time and, and a lot of them will tell you that they probably, their, their income comes more from their speaking, depending on how much they do than their clinical work. And I, I, I'm impressed by that. I think that's kind of awesome, you know, that they've literally gotten a dual career here. So then I asked him, I I asked one of these uh, teachers, so, so what, like, where does the stress come from more? Is, is the, the clinical stuff with patients more stressful or is, is the actual teaching and lecturing and traveling and all that, is that more stressful? And it was really interesting. It was not what I expected. Um, I was expecting this sort of romantic perfection. And he's like, you know, patients can be a nightmare just for me, just like they can for anyone else. But more than that, like just managing the whole career of a speaker apparently is a kind of a nightmare, right? It's like, he's telling me about, oh my gosh, the sponsors are getting the sponsors all behind me for, you know, like all you think about it, you think about these businesses as being, you know, they're just, you know, altruistic and work. He's carrying the message for them, and they just write the checks, and everything's. It's nothing like that at all. I mean, because you know what, the sponsors are are companies that are made up of what? They're made up of people, <laughs> so so you still have to deal with people, and there's expectations that aren't met on both ends, and there's miscommunications, and and there's uh, promotion of of stuff. Let's say you're doing a course, and and the sponsor has an expectation that X number of people are going to sign up, and then they don't, and there's and whose fault is that? And who's not promoting enough? And who's, and all of a sudden, and then, and then the best is when he's literally going, like, they're telling me, I made this arrangement with him like a year and a half ago, and they're telling me that they don't know what my financial background, they, they don't know what they were going to pay me. And so they're trying to, they're trying to have me find the paperwork, and they're, and so they're like looking at backing out because they wouldn't. And so all this stuff is like, my gosh, that sounds like just as ridiculous as running a dental practice, right? It sounds, you know, like, so, so the stupid things where, you know, insurance wants more information and they're holding off on paying or the patient is claims that you didn't explain something or what, you know, all the dumb stuff that we deal with on a regular basis, just because they are in my mind, this dental hero that like, I think that they can do no wrong and everything must be smooth as silk. They're like, Oh no, we have, it's, it's the same stupid that everyone else has. It's just different stupid shit. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not necessarily all the same clinical problems per se, because maybe they're not seeing as many patients or maybe they're not dealing with insurance or whatever, 
but there's Mickey Mouse stuff. It's because of being human, right? It's not. It, there's nothing more than that. And you know what? Maybe there's people out there that are lecturers or that are dental superheroes that we all love and respect that don't have these problems. But what I'm finding is the more I talk to as a human and as another person and as someone who's not necessarily putting them up on a pedestal, but just someone who's meeting them kind of at, at a human level, everyone's got this stuff. So I guess what I'm telling you is the, whatever problem in your mind right now that you're having as a dentist, as a student, as a, you know, as, as, as a professional, that's a real problem to you, but understand the people that you think have no problems, they also have problems. And in a way that's kind of comforting. It soothes me a little bit in a way it blows my mind that I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is like, you know, they're, they're regular people too. So I've been thinking a lot about that when, when I was having this conversation, I'm like, man, this is really, this is a big deal. These are, you know, like, so, uh, I'm thinking to myself, John Coyce, when he's lecturing at the Coyce Center, and he's literally one of the biggest things in dentistry, my guess is he also has problems that are occupying his mind in the same way that, you know, that patient whose temporary keeps falling off is driving you crazy uh, because we're human and we all have these problems. So I guess I, I hope that helps. Maybe that drives you crazy, but but I was just thinking about that. Something else I was thinking about, I have really struggled lately trying to eat well and, and be healthy. Um, it's, and honestly, I can't tell you that after my interview with, uh, Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where he was talking about taking a good hard look at his health, I, of course, you know, I had not been, <laughs> so I feel like I, I kind of needed to do the same thing. So I have been looking a little harder and I won't lie to you. I have been considering and trying to eat, uh, maybe, what what you would consider a keto diet or a paleo diet or whatever where it's it's mostly oh you know a lot of a lot of proteins and fats cutting carbs out like crazy and i think that's legit i think that works okay um i think everyone has to do what they have to do i've had some luck with that but the problem is this for me i want to say oh it's just my diet if i i if i eat this way i'll be fine and what i've come to realize is you know, I have a, I have a history, uh, with drugs and alcohol being a problem in my life. Um, I, you know, there was a long time I had no impulse control and it was, and, and the way that I eat is not a whole lot different from that now. Uh, not that I'm proud of that, but I've come to realize that it probably has less to do with my particular things that I'm eating and more to do with the fact that I like to eat a lot of whatever it is I'm eating. And I suppose, you know what, if I ate a whole lot of broccoli, that's going to be a lot better than a whole lot of M&Ms, I suppose, but, and I think there's a certain kind of person like me that, that struggles with their weight because literally they'll eat even when they're full because they like to eat and it's, it is, it's less about hunger. When people talk about, well, I just need to control my hunger. I've come to realize that my eating, the way that I eat has (laughs) not very much to do with my hunger at all. Like I'm, if, if I only ate when I was hungry, I'd probably be all right. What happens is a, I, I eat when I'm bored. But worse than that, I think that I have related eating to happiness, right? Like, like in other words, I'm able to, in the same way that I used to do drugs and alcohol because I didn't like the way I was feeling or I was, you know, basically I was trying to, to make myself feel better or trying to change the way I felt using these chemicals. And let's be honest, man, when you're taking drugs and alcohol, it does that. It changed the way you're feeling. That's kind of what they do. Um, 
And if that's fine for a lot of people, a lot of people doesn't make that much difference for people like me who, who feel like they want to change the way they're feeling in whatever way I, I've come to realize again, I've, I've realized this a million times and I just don't keep it in front of me, but uh, eating has less to do with like survival and getting the right nutrients and stuff. And, and I can fool myself by saying, if only I have the, the right nutrients, what, what it is is I just eat too much. If I ate like what a regular person should eat, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have the problems that I do with it. I like to eat till I'm full and then keep eating. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's a weird thing. It's, it's eating is happiness to me. So the more, the better it seems like. And, and I, I know that that's, it's not a conscious thing. It's, I don't do that consciously, but I definitely think that that's real. I was talking to my best friend, Bart, who's been on the show before. We both have this problem. You know, we struggle our weight and frankly, we find ourselves eating when we're not hungry or even when we're full and we still want to eat more. So I suspect there's plenty of people out there that, that struggle with that too. And I don't know that like uh, a paleo diet is going to fix that for me because I don't know that it's about being satisfied. You know, like if, if it was just about being full, I'd probably be okay. I've kind of come to realize it's not, it's, I think that, that like food is happiness and feelings and stuff like that. And so I, I need to find a way to be able to disconnect from that. I've gotten some good good uh, advice from people in the past where you almost need to look, at least for now, you need to look at food as fuel. You know, you, you can't look at it as as feelings and happiness because, you know, right now, food in reality should just be for fuel. It used to be that we just, we barely had enough food to survive in back in the day. Now we can eat as much as we so so we can attach it to feelings instead of just fueling our body. So I'm I'm struggling with that. I'm working through that. And to be frank, I would love it any listeners who have hints on that or, or, or thoughts, feel free to uh, email me at Alan at the Alan Meat Experience or honestly put it put it up on the Dental Hacks Nation if you want to talk about it. Maybe I'll put something up on that. So I've I've been riffing about these these things that have really occupied me today, um, and it, it's really it's really good that I I can take a step back when I'm feeling these things and and understand that I'm feeling them instead of just letting it you know, walking around pissed off all the time, like actually understand that this is a feeling I'm experiencing it and I can let it go. Um, cause it affects my day. It affects, you know, how I relate to people, how I relate to patients and my team and all that stuff. And, and I, you know, I can consciously change the way I act when I understand that it's a feeling and it will go away. I, I this is so, this sounds like an AA meeting, so I'm, I'm sorry about that, but I do, I've, I've gotten some value about thinking about this stuff. So, now a, a couple other things before I before I let you go uh, for this episode, I have had a couple ideas about because this is a podcast of mine and I can pretty much do anything I want to. Um, I'd love to hear if you're liking the format, uh, if you like the riff idea, like where I sit down and I can just riff on something because this is some stuff that's been bugging me. But I would also love to riff on stuff that you guys are interested in talking about. But but also I've thought about a couple other things, ways to do a podcast like I was thinking about doing because I the podcast space has given me a chance to become friends with a lot of key opinion leaders and and educators and people people that you know people that uh, you've heard of and like and and a lot of times I'm able to get them just to talk to me like a regular person um, which is cool it's a great thing like I never would have believed that in a million years I have sort of a a position where I can get people to talk to me on the phone. I'm thinking to myself, what if we took some, what if I took some topics that I'm interested in and got a whole and talked with like, for instance, let's say Denton bonding or, or um, 
implant fixtures or, you know, whatever, and asked a group of questions about different topics of key opinion leaders that would have really interesting takes on it. Not necessarily having them answer each other or argue with each other, but but it would be interesting to like ask the same questions to say Dave Clark and Jason Smithson and John Kanka and like just get a, some of these key opinion leaders and just like compare and contrast their thoughts on different things. Like for instance, uh, is air abrasion useful in bonding composite? Why why should I or why shouldn't I use something like that? Uh, biofilm removal, that's a classic one. Like I see a lot of the really high-end um, dentists doing this biofilm removal, and Dave Clark from BioClear talks about it constantly, but I know that a lot of people don't do it. And so I'm curious about like what – so I'm I'm just wondering if you think that would be interesting to have have me just sort of have a conversation about some very specific interesting topics that – ideally topics that are not settled, almost like – sort of the old wives tales because a lot of dentists follow a recipe that they have created themselves <laughs> and I'm totally guilty of this. Do yourself a favor. Go back and look at the instructions on some of the materials that you use day in and day out uh, that you haven't read the instructions on for a while and you'll realize you're doing it wrong. You're doing it completely differently than the instructions say. And I know that you think, no, of course not. I mean, but you really are because every time I check my instructions, I, I read instructions I try and read them close to quarterly of stuff that I use really regularly, and I'm doing it wrong. I am flat doing it wrong. How long do you let your etch stay on enamel? How how do you know? How do If it's supposed to stay on enamel for X number of seconds, how do you even know? Stuff like that. I find that interesting, and I find like, you know, how much does that affect outcomes, that sort of thing. I'd love to get some key opinion leaders, like, thoughts on that, and we could actually, I could actually do an episode where we talk about some specific things and get these opinions and sort of, and I thought I would almost put it into like a narrative kind of uh, sort of like a news story or something like that. I thought that would be kind of interesting. If you think that has any validity, if you think I ought to chase after that a little bit, I would love to hear, you know, yes, no, or maybe. Uh, again, you can email me at alan at alan at the alan meet experience.com or even, you know, put it up on, on the Dental Hacks Nation. I'm there all the time. Or you can like, you can message me on Facebook if you like that. Whatever's easiest for you. I'd love to hear your ideas. Like, what are some kind of goofy things that that you just take for granted that you'd love to hear some key opinion leaders weigh in on? Something like that. I think that'd be really fun. And I think that could be like maybe I could do an episode or two like that, you know, per month. That's kind of specific to, um, you know, specific to a particular material, a particular technique that you sort of take for granted. I, I sort of love this idea. Um, something else I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, I hate to seem needy. I'm going to seem needy, but if this is of value to you, I'd love it if you go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast software you use and leave me a review. Um, again, I'm I'm new on this podcast. It's a new podcast. I'm trying to grow my reviews. I'm trying to get my get my face out there. And even better than that would be grab a link of a particular show you like. If you really thought Corey Glenn's uh, episode was great, you know, just let me know. I'll get you the link if you want to put it up on your Facebook page. I'd love to be able to spread the word a little bit, uh, not only to bump my listenership, but also just to get people knowing that, that I'm doing this because I love the dental hacks. It's like, it's like, it's like my passion. I do, I, I do it all the time, but I really love this too. Cause it's kind of a different approach and I've gotten some really good feedback from people that they're liking it. So if you are, I'd really like to know about it. Uh, and leaving reviews is a really great way, uh, to let me know about that. And, um, one last thing, 
I'm going to tell you this. This is I'm sort of letting the cat out of the bag here a little bit. Um, I actually have a sponsor that's going to be starting, I think in August they're starting, uh, to sponsor the show. So they're going to help support me to do this stuff. What's really cool about it is you guys know that I'm a huge fan of this company. It's Premier Dental Products is going to sponsor the Alameda Experience, which is very exciting to me because, A, I really think I love their products. I use tons of their products. They're great people. We had uh, their CEO, Julie Charlstein, on the Dental Hacks uh, some months back. We're probably going to have her back on for a brain trust too. But uh, So I'm going to actually kind of dig into um, – I mean, they manufacture a ton of stuff. Actually, Premier manufactures a ton of materials for other companies and stuff. They they are a big manufacturer. Also, you know, a, they have great products too. But like, I'm going to kind of try and dig into a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff with dental manufacturing. You know, how products are invented, who these people are. I'm really hoping to feature some of that stuff too. I would love it if you if you have any ideas for me to do that because. It isn't about me getting a commercial out there. Sure, great. I want you to use Premier Dental Products for sure because they're supporting me. And if you support them, that helps support me. That's great. However, I also want to make this interesting and fun for me and fun to listen to. Um, some of my favorite podcasts out there just do things a little different, and a little weird, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, so I guess I'm going to wrap it up for tonight. Um, again, this is kind of my first riff podcast where I just am, I had a list of things I wanted to talk about and, and I, I just kind of puked them out there. So if this drives you crazy, let me know. I won't do it again. But if you thought it was interesting or if you had something you'd like me to talk about, again, uh, Alan at the Alan Meat Experience. And uh, I really appreciate you guys listening. It's it's a pleasure and, and I'm honored to think that I get to spend some time in between your ears uh, doing this stuff and I will keep doing it, especially if you guys let me know that you're enjoying it. So thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.